are listening to Drop Tent Media Network. Uh, my undocumented ass podcast with Che Guerrero. The winds really change talk. in one direction; they gotta harass someone else. I get it. I get exactly. it. Like people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Hey, welcome to another episode of my undocumented ass podcast. We have. A fantastic episode today. I've been wanting to talk to this guy for a long time. He's big on TikTok. You may know him as Senor Baragan on TikTok, but I know him as Angel Baragan. He talks to me about coming from Michoacan to California. He talks about having to get a college education while being undocumented. And him and I have a little bit of a undocumented trauma off trying to figure out why we're both so broken. Hey, check it out. You guys are going to love this episode. Hey, listeners, I'm very excited to announce that we have a brand new sponsor. We are now being sponsored by attorney Kathleen Martinez. Her and her amazing team work digitally, so they're in all 50 states. They work with undocumented people and immigrants, helping them get green cards, work permits, and ultimately citizenship. You can find them online at martinezimmigration.net. For more information, check them out. Time. Uh, we got a, a great episode here with my guest, Angel Barragan. Barragan? Yes, Barragan. Barragan. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. Like, I love um, I love your TikToks. Recently, you've become very much like, let's talk about this this event. Let's talk about, you know, why it matters, the the racism that was involved with it. And, like, I, I love how you're doing that, man. Like, uh, wh- where does that, that spirit come from lately, or, or have you always been like that? Um... Well, I appreciate it, first of all, man. Uh, I I actually, like, figured it out as I was going. I think when I started creating content on TikTok, I just wanted to be a teacher, man. I just wanted to be an educator. I just wanted to come in with the lessons about empowerment and, like, talk about, like, racism. But, you know, uh, the more that I kept creating videos, the more that I realized what what, what is successful, uh, where where are the gaps, right? Where is it that we need more representation? Yeah. Um, and then people just love drama, dog. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, it, yeah. It's not, it's not I'm not the biggest fan of like necessarily jumping in and like yeah. and like fighting somebody on their racist takes, you know, like I rather much do the, the educating. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, like I, I just got to tackle like a racist person at a time and people like the drama and then like gets more views, which means that my message spreads out uh, farther than I, than I wanted to. But here's the thing: yeah, there are people who who are definitely on TikTok for the for the for the sloppiness, you know, for 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 the nastiness. <laughs> <laughs> but when you do it, it's not it's not that. So don't feel like you're like when I watch you, I never ever feel like you're doing it for for cloud. There's certain people like uh like you and and the and the girl Drew who who bashes on men. Like I feel oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like all those videos that they bring up, it's not to like just for cloud. It's to be like this is something that it does bother and it happens a lot, and this is why it's important. You know? Yeah, I just put I just put out a video today. Um, cause I I I got a like a a couple of messages of people saying. Like, why do you keep bringing up these hate comments? Why do you give them attention? And I was like, first of all, free content. Like, yeah. it's free. Like, <laughs> like coming up with content is not easy. You know, yeah. I want to I wanna use my resources. But also, like, I, I hope people notice that every time I respond to, like, a hate comment or I put my energy into something, I do it because it benefits my mission. Yeah. So if, if like, somebody's talking smack about, uh, like, uh, undocumented individuals, you know, and, and I talk smack to them, I, I'm not doing it to defend myself. I'm good, dude. Like, I'm... I'm successful. Like they could deport me right now, and I'm gonna be just fine. It's not about me anymore. Like it's it's about how am I making this better for everybody else. Exactly. So if my 
if my call, if like this, like like talking back, if I not letting them get away with this will lead to get me closer to my mission, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and you know something. Um, one thing that I've come across that I I don't think it'll ever stop making me feel emotional is undocumented people who might not be as vocal as we are, who who will be like, yo, I saw your thing and I love it. And it made me. It made it was the first time I felt like I could I could I could joke about it or I can talk about it. And there is so much strength in in sharing your experience and helping other people just feel a little less crazy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if you remember a while back. I think I messaged you and a couple other undocumented folks about this. I was trying to get us started around the idea of hashtag humanizing immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the whole idea is like we gotta tell our stories, you know, uh, not just to build community between one another, you know, like. Like to know that you're not alone. I'm not the only DACA recipient that's struggling. Yeah. You're not the only piece the person that is struggling too. In in like, where's the Florida? You're in Florida, right? Uh, I'm in uh, Jersey, Jersey. In Jersey, you're I in Jersey. I have family in Florida, so I go to Florida often. So you might. It's like the same thing, you know. They're like <laughs> practically the same place. Yeah, North uh-huh. Florida. Yeah, I'm in North Florida. <laughs> Jersey, North Florida. Yeah. yeah, but like we're not the only ones going through this. But if we don't, um, if we don't bring awareness to it, like people aren't gonna know that. And the second part to that is that. Uh, me and you know we know immigrants. You know, yeah. people around us they know immigrants. Mm-hmm. There are some places where people have no idea what immigrants actually go through, and they get their entire idea of what an immigrant is supposed to be like. I'm gonna say people labeled immigrants. That's yeah. something that I'm trying to to, to do now. Uh, people labeled immigrants in this country um, are based on what they see on Fox News or they see in the media or they see in the stereotypes. So I wanted to humanize immigration. You know, so so yes, let's keep empowering our own people, yeah. but then. Uh, also, like creating more allies. Uh, yeah. Like we need, we need allies to be able to fight this fight. Yeah, and it's also like I, I came across this story that I never read before, and this is something I don't know if I'm going off a tangent here, but I read this book called uh, "The Distance Between Us." Have you ever read this? No, I don't think so. No. It's a great book. It's it's it's. Uh, her name is Reina Reina Grande. She talks about uh, coming from Mexico with, and what's what's great about it, she talks about coming from with her abusive father, right, and her absentee mother, and it was the. First time I've ever read an immigrant story where they where she actually talked about shitty parents, and to be honest with you, it was kind of refreshing, because you know you know I I, I every time I, I read an immigrant story I hear one it's always like these parents who love their children so much and they will do anything for their children and I'm like my parents were selfish pieces of shit like <laughs> who literally just brought me here because they wanted a better life and I happened to I ha- I had to come you know what I mean so so that's why listening to so many different stories. Is, is needed because listening to a story of shitty parents made me feel less less evil about hating mine. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I mean, you're describing half of my family dynamic, you know? Like, my mom, most amazing individual ever. My dad, he he, he could have done a lot better, you know? <laughs> he could have done a lot better. Yeah. Um, which I think, you know, I, I think I should probably talk about that more, you know? But I struggle sometimes because, like, uh, like... So many people are, are demonizing immigrants already. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I, I could demonize my dad uh, like a, a bunch. Yeah. But like, but like, do we need more of that? And I'm like, maybe. Like maybe <laughs> it's okay to share that. Like, that like not everyone's great, but it's a struggle, man. Trying to find that nice balance, dude. You should know better about that balance, dog. Like how you got you gotta make fun of shit, and then at the same time, you have to make sure that you're not crossing a line. While at the same time, crossing the line yeah. just a little bit, you know, that's gonna be exhausting. That's exactly that's exactly you know, all my jokes I do about my family are still with a level of respect that I think at least my mom and dad can, if they hear my stuff, they could be like, Oh, okay, 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 oh, you know. But it, but but I do want to just and you're right, you're right. You hit it, you hit the nail on the head, brother. It's they're already demonizing them so much that you feel like 
ah, they already have so much shit against them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, they have gone through a lot. And it's and that's why we need these stories from our own community, you know, inside. So when it's us talking about us, it can be a little more like, yeah, you know, parents can't be shitty and great. You know what I mean? They can bring you here and give you everything at the same time, leave you feeling emotionally, you know, empty. You know, like it can be both. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the the added layer onto that is that people want immigrants to be either perfect or or not, right? And I think it's 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 super necessary oh, for us shit, to acknowledge yeah, yeah. that like that like that like uh uh you know people label immigrants every single person here they're not perfect you know, and like some some people are like exemplars you know and they deserve all of our help, but if somebody is a shitty parent if somebody is struggling to be like the most perfect human being if somebody didn't graduate high school that doesn't mean they're not the servant of our support um and and, and uplifting them you know yeah. and that's like probably the other part of why we should be talking about like our family members that are aren't the best. That are still struggling, that are still growing, because um, it's easy to to put people like me and you in a pedestal, dude. Like people that are doing good work, people that are like uh, like uh, staying out of trouble, mm-hmm. people that are like uh, I mean, for the most part, uh, <laughs> people that are like doing like all of these things that are that, that are like what model like minorities should be doing. Yeah, yeah, uh, but that's that's not it, you know. Yeah, and that's actually something that like I remember when Dreamer, you know, because it was the Dreamer Act, you know, came up, and uh, where DACA was, you know, all that stuff. I remember specifically feeling very angry at the fact that I knew that this was being used to make me a model minority, you know, because I I went to high school, finished off with great, you know, great point average. You know, I had extracurricular activities, never been in trouble with the law, you know, speak fluent English, you know. But the person who sacrificed everything for me, my mother, has no pathway because she, she had to get the criminal record for me in order to be able to put food on the table. You know what I mean? She had to do all the things that 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 give her the label of criminal and that 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 to me makes me be like man if my mom can't get it i don't want it yeah exactly i think they're uh, they're try- like call, f- fighting for dreamers is easy you know easy. it's, it's easy, easy. So they're, easy. They're, they're little kids yeah they, they, it wasn't their fault they didn't break the law like uh, like what are we doing breaking international laws at the age of 10 i forgot how old you said you were yes. when you broke your <laughs> yeah, laws yeah, 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 yeah. You know? um but yeah, like, uh, but what about my mom? We need to like make sure that they're not demonizing our families. Yeah. And uh, during the last presidency, um, the the last president that I don't want to name, uh, <laughs> uh, he uh, he tried to propose some laws to give a pathway for dreamers, you know, uh, and and uh, as a whole, like there were a lot of dreamers, you know, that were like, yeah, let's do it, let's yeah. make it happen, you know. But as as a whole community, we were like, no, like like what do you want in exchange? What is this? And like he wanted to like demonize our parents more he wanted yeah. this harsher uh harsher laws in place wanted to build the wall wanted more money more money for ice you know and like that's like a sacrifice that we should not be willing to take yeah I don't um and, and luckily we didn't you know but people still try to praise him as a somebody who tried to be a hero when they didn't look at about all of the evil things he was trying to do in the background of course of course um let's uh let's go let's talk a little bit about you and just just where you're from and, and kind of how you ended up in your situation was always like you know the topic um, where you, where your family from, and where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Michoacan, Mexico. Um, hey, I, so many people from Michoacan on this, on this, on this podcast, I man. I, 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 so people from California, though. California people are always from Michoacan. They're, always, they're, they're, they're in California. Up, up <laughs> Coast, yeah. I know. I, I call it like Brown Manifest Destiny, dog. Like, you know, we just gotta come back and take and take back what's ours. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's problematic. No, shit. I need man, to be better. Take back what's yours, baby. <laughs> 
Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm from Michoacan, Mexico. Uh, my mom is from somewhere near Morelia, which is like a very rural area. Okay. And my father is by this place by the beach. So it's like be beautiful tropical space. Uh, I went to Hawaii last year and I was excited. You know, I'm, I'm going to feel like I'm back home. And then I got there and I'm like, this is all right. Like, this doesn't look like home. <laughs> yeah. I was super disappointed. I missed the um, beaches. The first, oh my God, the first time <laughs> I ever put my feet in the beaches of New York City and I couldn't see my feet. I was like, this is the greatest country in the world. I can't even see my feet at the ocean. <laughs> no, you got to be in Santa Cruz, in, in California, in Santa Cruz, and go to the water. And it's like, this is cold. Like, this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, like, I, 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 my, my dad came first when I was four years old. Okay. Uh, he later came back to visit us. He told us he came back to visit us. He actually got deported for the first time. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I found that later. No, it no, was no, no. I love that about Latino men, yo. <laughs> My dad, oh my God, my uh, yeah, yeah, my my dad would like he 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 would travel to America, <laughs> like spend all his money and and get his life threatened and come back to the yard be like I came back to my family, love you guys so much. Like shut <laughs> up, literally, shut dog, up. literally, literally. He's like <laughs> I came back to visit, everybody loved me, and then I was like oh dope, and then he like literally, Shay, I am not making this up, like I, like thirty days later. He left again, <laughs> uh, you know, like he's just like it was. It was nice being here. Uh, I'm out. Um, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> but th things were rough, um, you know, like we were like in poverty. Um, yeah. We didn't have running water. We didn't have like a real roof. We had like one of these cardboard roofs in our house. Yeah. You know, and um, my mom just like couldn't keep up with the little money my dad was sending, and like, he was like struggling a lot too. You know, he also had his vices, so I'm sure that like he was struggling even more. Oh, but my mom, him, yeah. Yeah, my mom took the the pathway with one of my uncles, and then like, not even kidding, the uh, my dad was here for like for like seven eight years, and one year that my mom came here, she saved that money by herself to pay the coyote for me and my brother to to, to come over here, you know, just like a, a boss of a person, you know, like that effort. Like she tells me those stories, and it was crazy. So yeah, I, I came here when I was ten, and I, I haven't been back since. Wow, obviously, ten is uh ten is uh, pretty pretty old. I'm, I came when I was six, so. You and I are in the same thing. We like we remember a lot of home, you know, and it's and it's a, l a little rough because we have that that nostalgia feeling of remember it being beautiful and and having fun as a kid. But yeah, I, I understand. So what was your yeah, mom doing? Was, uh, my mom worked in a, a, a house cleaning. She was doing like ten hour days cleaning houses. Yeah. Um, just like just like back to back on that grind, dude. Uh, like six days, seven days out of the week, you know. Yeah. Just saving money till we could come over here. My dad was, dude, I feel bad for you, man. My dad was the same way, man. My dad, yeah, my dad just, just vices, just could not, just could not save, could not do the plans that he said he was going to. But it was, it was, you, I really, now as an adult, thank my mother so much for just that, that attitude of being like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Like, exactly. I'm tired of this guy's promises. I'm going to save up money. I'm going to get my kids here. Like, I'm just tired of it. Yeah, I, I even feel bad demonizing my dad, to be honest, dude. Like, uh, uh, like those cycles, uh, like those vices are cycles that have been present in my family for, for generations and generations. Yeah. Like, I don't, know, I don't know anything about anybody past my grandparents. I just know that it was the same thing. Um, like alcoholism, like, like substance abuse are things that were present in every single male of my family. Being a crappy dad is, has been, like, present in every single male part, like, in my family oh. all over the place. And like, uh, like we gotta end that, you know. Those cycles gotta end with us. Yeah. That's why I haven't had kids yet, dude. Not because I'm single, but because, <laughs> not because I can't find a girlfriend, but because I'm not ready to break the cycles yet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I, oh, dude. I every day my girlfriend laughs at me because like, I'll, I'll look at my kids and I'll go, fuck. How, why did you get so lucky? Why do you get two good parents? And both parents of of my kids are breaking generational trauma. So I'm like, man, like you suck. <laughs> 
Like I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get one good parent. I got two shitty parents. Like, like <laughs> no, but I, I, I honestly, I, and you're right. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a gift and a curse for us, man. It's this. We are, we are this generation that is just so. Not only are we breaking generational trauma, but we're also so disconnected from this, this culture that our parents and our grandparents took so to heart. And we, like, I don't know, personally for me, like, being Dominican, I'm like, you know, hey, I get it. You know, I'm Dominican. I was born there. But it's not like this 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 thing that, like, my 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 mom and my dad have and my grandparents. So it's, we are just so different than them. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that the part that, like, I, I'm missing a lot right now is my ability to reconnect back with my indigenous roots. Um, I think I, I was blessed enough that since I was in Mexico till I was 10, like, I learned and memorized, like, the entire, like, Mexican anthem, you know? Like, I could, I could sing it right now. I'm not going to do it because I don't have a good voice. <laughs> but I, 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 I understand, like, aspects of, of, like, the cultura mexicana. You know, I yeah. get that. Like, I, I love my, my Mexican culture. Uh, but being indigenous was so frowned upon. Like, calling somebody an Indio is an insult. To this day, wow. calling somebody an Indio is an insult. Calling somebody black, un prieto, or negro, it's an insult. And, and dog, I got both, right? Wow. I was like... Like I was the darkest person in my family, darkest person in the community, and I'm not even that dark. And I got and I got that colorism and that racism like like directed on me. And now as an adult, like I'm I'm like trying to like reconnect back uh since I don't know, since college, since I was 22, trying to reconnect, trying to figure out where I'm from. And there is like no like like I I'm trying to there's no way for me to reconnect to the, that aspect of my culture. Um like I, I want to know what, uh, what, what tribe I come from. Like, yeah. what I do? Do I take a, a DNA test so that white people can tell me what I am? Um, and, I did, yeah. <laughs> and, and I did. Yeah. And I did. It didn't tell me anything. It was like you're. It said you're indigenous from Mexico. I'm like, great. Thanks. Like, I know that. that. Was my hundred bucks back? I could have fucking told <laughs> you that. I did find out that I'm Irish and not Spanish. That was okay. kind of interesting. Okay. Like, so it didn't make me feel better. Yeah. You're but, indigenous yeah. and Irish. Indigenous Irish. Uh, a little African and a little bit uh, Eastern Asian. Okay. And then a little bit India, but like from India. Okay. I got mine. Yo, man, mine is the slave trade through and through. Yo, mine is Jesus. Portugal, Spain, Africa, the Caribbean. It's Jesus. Like, yo, no lie. Like, oh my God. My girlfriend. Yo, this is okay. I can't tell you this. Okay. My girlfriend better never see this episode, right? So like. <laughs> Whole, whole, like for years that we've been together she's like she's like my family told me i'm indigenous right and i'm like babe you're white you know what i mean and she's like no, no no i'm telling you my family they like my grandparents got like scholarships to college because they said that we're indigenous and i was like oh, oh. okay so she's like i want a dna test and i was like i bet i'm gonna get you one for your birthday <laughs> bro that shit came back she's like 90 percent italian like there Jeez. is no like I was like you you see like yo but that also means like she has told me all her life like her grandparents married Italian her great great grandparents married Italian she knows the crest of her family's pirate ship in the 1300s I'm like that is that is inbreeding for a reason <laughs> do you understand like I don't mean to sound rude but that's <laughs> when your when your DNA is that close to only like four or five countries yo that's 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 selective breeding. Dude, I wonder how many people got their hearts like low-key broken after a DNA test. You know, uh, my best friend, he's uh, he's uh, half white and then black and Filipino, but he thought he was Cuban his whole fucking <laughs> life, dude. Uh, and like and like he thought he was Cuban. He would talk to us about like his last name was super la la Latina, dude. It yeah. was Martinez, you know. So he's like for sure like like whatever. The, the DNA came back and he he's not no Cuban at all. 
and then he was uh, he was like devastated for at least three days, uh, and then he was fine, you know, he got over it. But Cubanos, like I love you. I know, but I, I'm sure that happened to so many people, you know, that were expecting to see something yeah. um, and got something else. This, I'm telling you, I was shocked. I was shocked that I'm like 74% European. I was like, holy fuck. And then, and then also, it kind of explains some of the madness in my life where I've always been just light-skinned enough, you know what I mean? Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always like, oh, that explains so much of, of like, you know, the, the issues that I have with race, where I never, I've never had a, look, dude, and you, you know, you might have been called Negro or something like that, but like, I was called, you know, a uh, white boy by some kids and, and, and you know, the N-word by others. And I was like, yo, pick one insult and call me that. I don't care if it's pick or the N-word. Just pick one and just call me so I know what to respond to. Because this is madness. You're like, I can't keep up with I this. Keep, I get them all. Yo, I got called the F-word also, like, you know, like, like faggot. But, like, also because I crossed my legs when I said a lot. So it's just like... <laughs> I, I don't hate anybody because I've been called every name. So I'm just like, I know how everybody feels when they get called that name. <laughs> so it's just, it's That's good. That's, is that equity? Is that what equity is? I yeah. have equity on every single slurp. <laughs> I own 10% on the word retard, too. I don't know if you, you call me retard all the time. I own 10% that's not. Oh, my God. That might get me canceled. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay. I enjoyed that way more. Okay. Anyways, I'm getting hot up in this bitch. <laughs> oh man, but like, okay, so so your mom brought you from Michoacan. Uh, you went straight to Cali, like that's where you you went. Yeah, went straight to Cali, straight to the Bay Area. I don't know. How I, I I think you came here on a visa, right? I think I saw that on a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I came. Um, so my thing, quick, quick, long story for me. Anybody hasn't heard it. Uh, I came because my mom was trying to uh, escape from my abusive father, in DR. You know, um, another another issue that is. You know, prevalent in third world countries is, you know, uh, you know, the abuse of women and their lack of access to, you know, to help. So my mother, the only way she was able to escape was to pick up me and my sister and her passport in the middle of the night and and leave with us. So that's that's what she did. So I'm a visa overstay because because of uh, domestic abuse. Yeah. yeah. Cycles, man. Those are like the cycles of our communities. We just talked about this. Exactly. Um uh, my uh, what's it called? My crossing the border story is like super boring. I've talked about it on my TikTok before. Yeah. Like everybody has that, like you know, I crossed the border, I walked for three days, yeah. like it was exhausting. And for me, it's like nah, that I fell asleep in Tijuana, I woke up in, in California, <laughs> and I'm like, and, and it's like it's like that's the start of my American dream. And I'm yeah. like, get it, get it, because I fell asleep, and, and I'm like, okay, you don't get it, it's fine. But like literally, they're like, uh, they put had us in Tijuana, they had me and my brother stay out for like 48 hours. We yeah. were little, like 10 years old, you know, so that's like pretty devastating. Yeah. But the whole idea is like they were gonna give us some fake papers. Uh, not fake, real papers, but like it wasn't ours. Yeah. And they were gonna have us memorize these kids' names. You know, we yeah. don't speak any English uh, at all. So they're like, "My name is. Remember this. My name is. Remember this." But just in case, let's just be have you so exhausted that you don't wake up when we go by the checkpoint. I'm like, oh, "Okay." So wow. literally kept us up, made us memorize like four or five lines, messed up our haircuts so that it would match like the kid and the, <laughs> the picture. The kid just about hello trasquilado, dude. Hello. Like his hair was all bad. And yeah. then like fell asleep in this in this minivan, and then like when I woke up, like we were at McDonald's in California. Wow. Um, and and that, that's it, dude. Like no, no, nothing crazy. I'm sure it was scary at the time, but like yeah. But like, in comparison to others, like amazing stories, I'm like I, I don't want to tell mine. No, I mean, like, you tell yours, not like you tell <laughs> you yours. Tell, I don't yeah, tell you mine. go first. <laughs> I get, every time I tell my I flew here, I'm like, nah, you go first. You go first. <laughs> I mean, luckily I have my escape story involves me having to like be like very dramatic at the airport and stuff. So that's the only reason people are like, wow, you had to do that. I'm like, yeah, I had to like act and stuff, and it was like me too. I had to like you know, cause yeah, I had to lie about the papers and be dramatic. But no, I I, I oh my god, that's so funny. 
I just you know, all these methods that I hear people do. I've heard the sleeping a bunch. Uh, I've heard the just telling people you're going to Disneyland. I was going to Disneyland <laughs> for the weekend. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I told somebody this. I've heard the Disneyland uh, story from Mexicans so much that I think the problem is that nobody actually went to Disneyland, and that's how come you guys <laughs> got caught. Because I think if Disney was like, no, 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 our sales are always through the roof in December. Like, <laughs> they, like if you actually went to the, the Disneyland embassy, they might have kept that pathway open. But you guys just went to work. Yeah, you just <laughs> ruined it, you know. Capitalism wins. Yeah, if capitalism would have won if more people would have gone to Disney. So you went to uh, – so you got to, to straight to, to L.A. and everything, man, right? The, the Bay Area. It yeah, went straight to the Bay Area. 90 – 2002. 2002. Oh, wow. You're younger than me. Yeah, dude, I'm a baby, dude. I'm 29. You're 29. Oh, okay, damn. Okay, that's two or three years always makes a difference in these stories, man. Always. But you're you're not 29, Chad. I thought you were 29 too. I'm gonna be 34 in in April. Dude, you're aging like fine wine, dog. Dude, like fine man. Wine. I'm, you know, I'm uh, like like uh, Jack Harlow said. You know, I didn't take <laughs> in high school. I'm still out here getting cuter. You know what I mean? Dude, what? Uh, what the year am I? It says Sean Paul. Was I gonna call you? Is it, is it the haircut yeah, reminds me of Sean Paul? Yeah, that's the haircut. I was hoping yes. you'd go with a little bit of Omarion, but whatever. That's just, <laughs> just a, Sean Paul's light skin. I get it. Don't <laughs> give it a light and stop. Okay, going out of out of context here. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I arrived to the Bay Area, um, and then I went to school here, man. I went to this. Uh, I grew up in Redwood City. They used to call it Little Patzingan, uh, which is a place in Michoacan, okay. or Little Michoacan, or Little Mexico. That was the area that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got, you know, I, I went to school. Like, I went through, like, all of the troubles that a lot of us dreamers go through, like the identity crises and whatnot. Yeah. Um, went to, like, different high schools. Like, I I think up until, like, high school, I was going to schools that were, like, 99% Mexican and then one black kid. Yeah. And we yeah. thought the black kid was Mexican, just very dark, you know. So <laughs> he, he was cool. He was one of us. And then in, in, in high school, then I got, like, the culture shock. I went to, like, some schools where I was, like, the only kid of color sometimes in a class. And I was like, what is going on here, you know? Yeah. Like, this is weird. I don't like that. Why did you um, move around so much? I mean, I moved around a lot too, but why did you? I mean, I, I stayed in the Bay Area. It was just like moving from like one school to another. Okay. I I think, yeah. So I, I went to three different high schools. Like the first one was like this uh, charter school uh, that was all about technology. You know, I, I wanted to be like into computers and stuff. Okay. Um, and then the school like had too many brown kids and they didn't know how to like handle things like uh in a way that works with the culture right a, a bunch of kids ended up getting kicked out they didn't have enough money to pay for for like the schooling place so the school yeah. closed down wow so then i went to the local public school um which was fine i had friends from middle school so i thought I, it was gonna be good you know i'm a high achiever uh that did not matter dude they put me in all remedial classes it didn't matter how i was doing like this kid came from mexico has a slight accent all remedial classes and put him in spanish one <laughs> oh, uh, shit. Like, like like it was just like a lot and uh I was thinking, like, I have friends, you know, all of my friends were, like, gang-affiliated uh, or, like, gang-wanna-be affiliated, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, little, I didn't have anyone else to be with, so, like, I, I just started hanging around with them, you know, started picking up the habits. And I think if I didn't transfer out, I, I probably would have just, like, started putting in work for the sake of, like, feeling like I was part of, like, a, like the group, you know? Oh, wow. Um, and then I, I found a way to get out and to find another charter school. I think a small school was the place for me. Um, Did you and your mom and so, decide that, or did something happen? Now that that was that was all me. Like uh, my parents uh, were pretty like uh, like offhand with me, like handling my education because okay. they didn't know any better. So I just had to figure it out on my own. Wow. No, that's 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 yeah. That that becomes our problem a lot. I had to. I grew up in New York City too, and uh, my aunt and uncle were like, "You're gonna go to this school." I'm like, "That's a terrible school. Let me fill out paperwork to try and go to other schools." Like <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was very much. You had to look out for yourself. 
that's yeah exactly i mean that goes along with like uh like having to like help our family members read like things in english helping them figure out exactly what, what an appointment is like going yeah. to the dmv with them you know to yeah. be their translators like a bunch of stuff that people don't like don't realize that falls um in, in this kids labeled immigrants that are that are in this country that's that's actually I've, I've come to realize recently that's actually like a like a trauma response i guess that i have that my partner still she she tells me all the time that i act like i don't trust her you know like with things like oh pay this bill or or even like like that i don't even believe that she'll work enough hours in a week to make up the money she needs for her half of the rent you know what i mean and that's like growing up so much like having to do things for myself you know having to read my my grandma's medical records and having to like fill out bills for my family and things like that like i was so and it, you you're you become so independent that it's hard for you to tr- like to, to rely on other people as an adult and i didn't realize like yeah you i have to be able just to like trust my partner to do that yeah, those, those trauma responses that we grew up with are, like, so, like, intense and, like, comical sometimes on how ridiculous they are. Uh, like, for me, um, I can't, like, uh, say no to, to like, food sometimes. Oh, and, like, yeah. it's, it's, like, it, it's, like, ridiculous It's in my head, especially if it's something, like, sweet, you know? Yeah. Like, if it's, like, if it's, like, a salad and I know all day, like, I don't want that salad. It's yeah. good. But somebody puts, like, a piece of candy in front of me and, like... I have this whole dialogue in my head, like, I don't want that, dude. I'm trying to get sexy for the summer. You know, I really can't afford those extra carbs. And then, um, and I'm like, you know, there was a time in your life when you couldn't afford that piece of candy. And then I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm like disrespecting my family's efforts by not eating that piece of candy. And then I'm, and then I go eat 10 Snickers, you know, like, uh, I, I just, I just take it, for America. I just take it too far. Yeah. For everything for America, you know, and I'm sure that that's super, like, that must be super annoying for people, you know, like. Like, uh, that I just can't, I, I don't have self-control when it comes to things that I want. Oh, my God. I finish a plate, like, to the last piece of rice. My, yes. It annoys me the fuck how much my girlfriend leaves on her plate. Like, and I know, and I know it's, an, it's the oldest, silliest, like, probably cliche thing, but I hate the way white people eat chicken wings. There is still so much meat left at the end of that suck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yo, my girl gets mad at me that I'm like, yo, I'm going to eat your your eating chicken wings because there is no, I'm going to eat this. Like, You're disgusting. I'm like, you took two bites. I am going to eat this meat. Like, just get her boneless, man. That's the easy response. Yeah, I know exactly. it's a sin. It's a sin, but just get her boneless. Oh you know, uh, w- one of the trauma responses that I have that is like, that is like not so fun and I don't like it at all because yeah. it's very expensive for me is that I don't do well when people complain about money. Like, I don't do well. I just like, like if, if like me and you were like, if I find myself in New Jersey and I'm like, and like we go out to get dinner and like, I'm like, I find this restaurant that's nice. And, and like, and like we go and you're like, it's too expensive. My response is going to be like, like dog, you don't even know what money is. Like, you don't understand. Right? Like now I, I got you, I'm going to pay for you now. What? And then like, and, and like, and like, like uh, if somebody complains about something, I'm just like, I'm just like, like I need to like do the opposite of pretending like things are hard or like that things are expensive because I, there was a point in my life when I really could not afford this. Um, wow. And I'm working on it, dude. Like, but like, I like that one friend. can that one can can cause me to be like super and like, uh, like uh, like when I go out with someone and they're like, I don't want to do that because it's expensive, and I'm like, uh, I just get annoyed at them. Like, what? I can't believe that you would do this to me. <laughs> like, you're holding me back from like something that I could never have before. And it's super best, irrational. No, one of my best friends from Mexico, dude. Same vibe, same exact vibe. I'll go out and I'll be like, no, I can't afford this. He'd be like, I got you, I got you. 
Or like I told him one time, like I had this idea for a T-shirt. And before I knew it, like he had sent me $200 on my Venmo to like, buy the T-shirts. Man, it's a great idea. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I appreciate it. But it's <laughs> him, and I know he doesn't make – he makes decent money, but it is true. He grew up so poor that now that he does decent, he feels like, yeah, like I have to – I just want to enjoy myself. I want to do stuff. And it is, it is traumatic. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I feel bad you paying for me because you're more like, fuck it than I am. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel, yeah. Especially when it comes to like, to like food or like experiences, man. Like if you're like, if you show me a shirt that I really want and it's like 30 bucks, I'm like, nah, hell no. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to find for $5 at Marshall's. <laughs> but if it's like, if it's like food, dude, like I, I don't care. Like, yeah. Like, and I want to care though, because it's not fiscally responsible. You know, I'm an yeah. adult. I need to do. I need to do better with these things. But yeah, those trauma responses, dude. Like, I don't know. We we all we all have them. You know, all, all of us have had this 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 uh, humble upbringings. Yeah. We have some weird trauma responses that that we probably should talk to a therapist. You know. Yeah, but you know, no insurance. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's easy enough. Um. So so like so one of the things that I always hear you talk a lot about is about people like. Well, you can't be a teacher if you're freaking undocumented. You know, they don't understand, like, you know, we get stuff when we have status and we fall out of status and we try to. So, like, when you were in high school, you didn't have status? Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm under DACA now. So okay. I, is that considered status? I don't think so. Because it's, 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 it's better than, than most, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the other term is underdocumented, you know what I mean? Where you have a status enough but not enough for other things. So DACA was – it came into being when you were still in high school? No, it came to me when I was in college. I was a oh. junior. Uh, I, w- I was a junior in college when when it came in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So throughout like that time, my uh, I was a commuter student to go to go to college. So I was living in Redwood City and I was commuting to San Francisco State every single day. Okay. Um, and yeah, so like I, I I didn't have a way to like get a job. I couldn't get financial aid like through this federal pocket. It was all through private scholarships, dude. I just grinded to be able to find a way to to pay for them. I, I got real lucky, dude. Like I know people say, don't don't call it luck, call it like hard work. But like I, I know a lot of people that work harder than I did that didn't find the same privileges that I did. So yeah. there there's a lot of luck, you know. Somebody was out there putting a little candle for me, and, yeah. and it worked out. Yeah, and so so you were able to go a few years uh, through, like you said, private private uh, scholarships. That, that means like 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 what kind of stuff did you find for people who are who might be undocumented? Like, oh, this is kind of one that I found. There, there is, there is hundreds and hundreds of scholarships for people that are undocumented. Yeah. Um, it's basically any scholarship that doesn't require a social security number. Yeah. Like, you just apply for it, and they'll give it to you. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta call and just like confirm, you know. Um, but yeah, so like I just applied to as many as I could, and then um, eventually, like I started getting like responses of, of me getting them. That's awesome. Um, and and then uh, some of them carried for the four years, so I didn't have to do any extra work. Wow. Um. And then once I got to my junior year and I and, and like DACA came into effect, this this thing called the the dream application came out as well, mm. which was like a mini federal aid, which it gave you like a thousand dollars, you know, but a thousand dollars for a broke college student. is like at least two weeks of food, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was eating very expensive. <laughs> you uh, you what, what, what did you go to college for? What did you do? Like teaching? I no, I went in for uh, I actually I did. I go. I went in without an idea. I I went in. um undeclared for for the first two years mm. i i thought that i wanted to be a teacher but i never actually like cemented the plan yeah. and i wanted to be a math major uh not because i love math but because that was the only subject that i was good at in in like in my younger years you know because yeah. math translates in in all languages you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then it was in my sophomore year i took like one random dude chair like like i had i needed three units to be a full-time student <laughs> found a class called rasa literature uh-huh. right and i was like whatever i'll take that and dude, it ch- just changed everything for me. 
Like, uh, like I learned, uh, it was my first ethnic studies class. I learned about how Latinos uh, wrote books that were good. I learned mm -hmm. about like, uh, like just like empowerment in a way that I had never felt before. Yeah. And I just remember like um, uh, coming back for my junior year, like a completely different animal, like still no idea what I wanted to be, you know, yeah. but I knew that like I wanted to have ethnic studies in my pocket. Yeah. Uh, so I graduated with ethnic studies. And then I was like, just, just like hustling so much that I was taking like 21 units, like classes on back to back to back to back and working wow. and doing a bunch of different crazy stuff. Um, and I ended up double majoring in like, in like the, the four years, like with, uh, ethnic studies and Spanish. Wow. Um, yeah. And then like the grind continued, you know, like right after I graduated from, from like my undergrad, yeah. like immediately was able to find a position teaching Spanish, like no credential, like nothing, like just right. like, uh, found the, found, went to my old school. They offered me the position knowing that I didn't have experience, just believing in my ability to do it. Yeah. And then immediately got into graduate school to get my credential and my master's. And then the grind continued, you know, like uh, two years of working full time and going to graduate school full time. Uh, wow. So, you know, the grind just like got to keep moving, you know. Damn, dude. Yo, yeah. we. Oof. That is definitely an undocumented thing, man, because we, we're, we're the ones that like we don't know how long we're going to be here, how much time we got to put in. So let's fucking get it while it's good. Yeah, maximizing everything. But everything everything sparked from, like, one random class that, that taught me about empowerment, you know, uh, which is something that, like, is something that I'm trying to bring up as a discussion on, on like, social media, you know, uh, and with, like, two topics, you know. When when have you felt represented in the media? Yeah. Part one, you know. Uh, and people talked about, like, different, like, books that they read or maybe, like, a movie that they saw, you know. And it's yeah. usually pretty bad. It's pretty sad. Yeah. And then the follow-up that's even sadder is when did you feel represented in your education? When was the first time you saw something in your education? You're like, oh, that's me, or I can accomplish that, or I'm, I'm like, a, I have the ability to be an academic based on this particular thing that, that I saw. And yeah, it's bro. super sad that it took for me all the way to my sophomore year in college to see it. Did you ever experience that, Che, at some point? To be honest, that's such a great question because, uh, no, my revolutionary moment of teaching myself something like that was, it actually came with my partner, my white partner. She's the one that like really teach me about hey, no, this isn't just happening to you. This is a systemic thing. And um, I never got it in school. I went to horrible public schools in New York City where, and I talked about this today on TikTok, where it was just taught like Abraham Lincoln, you know, uh, and George Washington and Manifest Destiny, or it was a white people's right. And even now I'm in college, <clears throat> excuse me, for, I'm in college for right now for business administration. I finished in May. And I made a thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I, I'm glad I'm finishing, but I realized I, I went just to get a degree. I, I made a mistake. I kind of want to go now for more from communication. I want to be a better speaker and a better or, uh, orator. See, I can't even say that word. I got to get better at it. Uh, but no, actually never, to answer your question, never, never, never in my education did I have a transformative like moment where I was like, oh, this this applies to me uh, historically. Like, this applies to my people. And I'm so happy that happened for you because that that is the biggest problem. Like, just I have to actually unlearn all the things that the high schools and the public high school taught me because I'm the harshest on myself. Growing up, I was 100% a coon. I say this all the time, man. I used to I used to tap dance for white people because I genuinely was so sick in the head that I genuinely thought there was something about white people that made them special and made them uh better than us. And it made me realize, oh, no, that's just what you've been taught, and that's so wrong. Dude, that's necessary. That's necessary to say out loud, too, dude. Like, see, this part of, like, representation, that's where you and I come in. 
like I actually I don't know if I ever I, I never told you this like in per, like in per, it's not in person it's through Zoom but I've never told you this before but like like I think you came in like the perfect time on my TikTok like whatever I think I found you when I was like at six thousand followers yeah. I think you were like at fifteen thousand or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like oh my god this guy's famous you know <laughs> like 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 this guy my undocumented ass yeah. and I'm like my undocumented ass yeah. and he has it right on his like like profile wow I'm really not alone you know like I'm really not alone and you came in at such a pivotal time dude. Where I was like, you know, am I being too out with what I'm doing? Yeah. And then it, here comes this guy, this comedian, <laughs> whose name is My Undocumented Ass. And I was just like, you know what? If, if like check and do it, like like you know, like 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 that, like I I need I need to grind, you know. Bro. So like I just like it was that 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 moment, dude. Like I don't know if I told you how much I appreciate no. you, but a lot of my success on TikTok, uh, like, will always be attributed to like like just one random follow that I got one day, and I was like, dang, that was like. Like thank you, dude. I, I oh, like man, it, it was it was necessary, you know, man. Cause like cause my my biggest joy in the world is when I hear someone say, "I saw you and I wanted to do that," and I was like, "Yes!" Like that's what it does, man. It's like when you see somebody go like, "What? The, well, if he's doing it, like of course I should be doing it." And I'm so glad because honestly, like, uh, not even talking about numbers here, like you know, but but you have found this great rhythm to what you're doing, and your numbers have surpassed mine. I'm not even gonna front on that. That I'm just like, if you're telling me, hey, this guy, you know, I saw it. And I was like, man, if he's doing it that hard, I'm going to go this hard because you are doing something very special and you are not just doing it for the clout. And these conversations need to be had. So that's why, like, yo, if, if, if that name inspired you a little bit more and then you're the person that inspires the next one of us that goes even further. And then, you know, and that's just that just that, that gives you just some some joy, you know, you know, as an educator, you know what it is when you teach these kids. Some that make them go for not just teach them something that school is making you teach them, but some that makes them go, wait a minute, I didn't even think about that. that yeah, that's exactly. Just, that's the world to me. Yeah, but the world we have to be that representation that we're lacking, dude. So like, like everything that you're doing, like everything that I'm doing, it's like, like multifaceted like changes that we're trying to do. You know, trying to change the way that we are seen in the media, trying to be that representation, trying to humanize integration. It's exhausting. I wonder how easy it is to be a mini influencer when you don't have like all of these different layers that you need to be respectful about, you know, like it must be nice to have all the privilege and only have to worry about yourself. We're also carrying our communities, you know, yeah. like if we, when we, when we mess up, cause we're going to mess up at some point, somebody's going to hear you say the art word in one of your, <laughs> in one of your what episode? Never heard him say <laughs> and then, that. <laughs> and then they're going to come and they're going to, um, and they're going to come and try and cancel you. And oh then like, God. And like the whole community is going to be held responsible at the same time because that's the way that they treat communities of color, oh, right? Man. Like when somebody does something, like they're going to come in and try to like hold them accountable. Yeah. It's never like I'm going to bring in and the whole community is like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite, favorite ever Patrice O'Neill jokes. You know Patrice O'Neill, the comedian? Yeah. <laughs> he used to have a joke where he goes, white people are lucky because when one crazy white person does something, it's not, it's not all crazy white people. You know what I mean? Like, if a, if a white person is caught eating people, you were like, no, nah, no, nah, that's that crazy guy. That's not all crazy. You know what I mean? Like, but if one Latino hops a turnstile, all Latinos like doing that shit. Exactly. Like, Damn, dude, we get put all of it. And you're right. No, you're right, dude. <laughs> I listened back to my first album, my very <laughs> first stand-up album that I put out when I was 21, by the way. And it is, oh, my God, it is problematic. It is. <laughs> no, I, I'll be the first to admit it. it is, I do a joke about how you should just be able to chloroform anybody you want. And I was just like, that is not a good joke. What are you doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, no, so this is this is all part of, like, growing up and stuff like that. And this and we go back to, to like, 
you and I, we, I don't know what it is about us that made us want to break like those generational situations that we saw in ourselves. You know what I mean? Because I saw all the toxic traits that my dad had and, and no offense, my culture had, you know, and I had to really like work through that venom to come out on the other side and be someone that uh, maybe people can be kind of proud of, you know, and I just hope that, you know, I, I whenever something like this happens, I never get too worried about like, oh, my God, are you going to go back and get canceled? I think if you genuinely are moving forward and trying to change and trying to better and, and, and acknowledge like, yeah, that was a stupid, stupid person back then. I think I think we should at least respect that. You know what I mean? I think that's where the difference is between some people who are just like, yeah, I did that shit. So why are you fucking bringing it up? You know, yeah, exactly. Acknowledging it, growing from it, exactly. like a healing, yeah. you know, like like restorative justice. Exactly. Exactly. Exactly what it is. So, like, you know, I look at my stand up and stuff like that and I my old stuff that I've said and I could I could I could be thankful. I don't think like that anymore. You know, what I mean, because there's no there's, the, there's nothing worse than like I don't want to be a Joe Rogan being shown clips of a year ago saying the N word. I'm like, I see nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you don't want to be that fucking individual. That is a very, very sad individual. <laughs> Yes, a hundred percent. But uh, so, what about like? Oh, we probably should be wrapping up in a few minutes. I don't want to hold you off too long. Um, so, uh, I kind of always want to know, like, uh, where are you at now? Like, what what do you see for yourself? Kind of, um, you know, because you're still DACA right now, and and I think I think you and I, are, you have a partner, right? I do not. You do not, but. Um, you and I, 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 I might be speaking for myself here, but you, we're kind of, I, I'm on the same boat that I don't, I don't like the fact that marriage is our only way. You know what I mean? That it should be on our own merits and our, and we should be able to stand on our own two feet instead of having somebody like, I don't, you now worthy enough to be married to me. And now you're a citizen. You know what? It feels very like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I actually don't know. Like I'm still under DACA. Like I, there, there really is no pathway for me. Um, but I think like the biggest fight is like, can can we get a little privilege for our parents? Yeah. Can we get a little privilege for those people that don't have the ability to apply for DACA? Yeah. If DACA stays like this forever, it's very annoying. I gotta pay that money like every like every two years. You know, it's very expensive. How much is it? But I at least I'm good. You know, I'm I'm not good. I'm, I'm like uh, technically they can't deport me. I'm sure they, they they have done it before. But like now the idea is like, how do we uplift like the rest of the community and yeah. push them forward? Yeah. Uh, again, advocating for somebody like me, very easy. Like it's easy, yeah. you know. Like I'm, I'm good. Like, uh, like well, I'm stealing somebody's job. Like who, who wants to do my job? Who's qualified to do my job? You know, who's all, gonna all be of a Spanish teacher in California, please. please. <laughs> exactly. Who, who's gonna do all that? You know. Uh. So no, I'm, I'm just still grinding. You know, like, uh, like continuing to do that. Uh, and and trying to find ways to like, uh, like just advocate. You know, yeah. advocate. Continue to advocate. Continue to be a good representation. You know. Uh, like I'm an administrator right now. Like in, in like in high schools. You know. Like so now I like coach teachers. That's pretty cool. I applied for a position as a principal for a school. Wow. Um, and like, and like, we'll see, you know, like I'm, I'm young. I don't know like that. I, that I'm burning myself out too young. You know, I, yeah. I want to live life a little bit. Um, and also trying to find like a place for joy, which is something that it took me a long time to realize that should be, that should be a priority. Yeah. And joy should live in every single aspect of everything that I do, including social media. Like uh, for like, I took social media, to, like it's work. It's like my second job, you know, yeah. but how can I have fun with it too? Where I'm enjoying what I'm doing a little bit more. That's true. Yeah, if anybody out there is a content creator, don't don't take it too serious. I mean, your work <laughs> is serious, but don't be so harsh on yourself. You know, remember to have joy because I, I get hung up on myself too when I put up a few videos. I'm like, oh, this is, and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't this isn't supposed to go viral. It's supposed to educate people and show people stuff. So if if it doesn't have a grand, you know, effect, it's still educated some people. You know, so be kind. Exactly. Of 
Also, going viral isn't that fun. People think that it's like all joy and whatever. It's it's like actually stressful and like and like it's like you don't get to keep up with the comments. You don't know what people are saying. That's true. Like that's like true. it's like sure like you're you're growing, but like like uh like at what cost? You know, like yeah. at, at what cost? It comes so fast. It's always funny. Like for anybody who's never done that, like after you go viral, it's always like it's always after the storm that you realize which are the followers that actually like you and which are the ones that actually want to connect with you. And you're like, oh okay, these are real fans. Those 20,000, only six of them are actual fans. You know? <laughs> those only six of those. <laughs> only six of them. Hey, they're all on my Patreon. I appreciate you for following. <laughs> I thought you were going to say only fans, but yes, Patreon, that's good too. <laughs> that's, uh, that spicy content is on another page. I, can't I, mean, I don't want to get canceled, man. This whole episode is going to get me canceled. Go check out my spicy content. Um, anything before we get out of here? Anything you want to promote anywhere uh, that any organizations you're working with that you want to shout out or anything? I, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I think n not really. Right now, I just want to keep continuing to push for this idea that we need to fight for equity for everyone, mm -hmm. uh, asking people to stand with us and take a stance whenever possible. If you're not standing up with us, you might as well be standing up against us. Mm -hmm. And if you're down for the liberation of all oppressed people, right, or historically oppressed people, uh, let us know and, like, support us in whatever way you can. Uh, like, there, there are very easy ways to, to, like, support people like Che and myself. Uh, but but we need to know, you know, we need allies and we need people to stand with us whenever possible. Absolutely. And uh, give them your TikTok so they can so they finally get to that 100,000. <laughs> I'm Senor <laughs> underscore Barragan. So follow, follow me on there or Instagram. I actually want to grow on Instagram more, dude. I have, I'm like 2,500 and I'm like, how is that possible? I know. Like, I can't even bring like 10, like, I can't even bring 5,000 followers to my Instagram. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm like, just just 5,000 people just come over. Like, please. Like, even even <laughs> close to 10,000, I'd be so happy. <laughs> dude, but uh, but thank you so much for, for spending time with me and and uh and sharing your story with us man i really appreciate that of course appreciate you i'll probably see you on tiktok at some point later absolutely bro you take it easy man All right. adios adios This has been a Drop Tent Media Production.